realize something it's going to be getting dark oh, okay and i am not gonna how long how long do we do this we do an hour okay so i'm going to be getting um progressively uh poor, <laughs> more more and more poorly lit as, okay. as the hour proceeds but whatever you know what that's that's fine we can take a minute for you to do whatever you need to do when it starts getting I, dark. or i can take, just rush through take, this interview no it would take more it would take more than a minute it's fine i put on one light but i'm not going to set up like my ring light, that'll take way too much time. So just I hear you. let it be. I, we'll let I it finally be. just got up. First of all, it's hilarious that we're even in this position to begin with because, you know, all, all, all comedians, first of all, comedians have to do way too much as it is to begin with. You know what I mean? Like we've got to write our own material. We have to promote ourselves as best as possible. We have to drive to the gigs. And then this pandemic hit and they were like, you have to video edit. You have to get your own ring light warehouse. And I know sure, it's crazy. You know, it's crazy. And you know, now all the auditions that I have to do, I have to do, you know, self tapes. Occasionally mm -hmm. I'll do a Zoom audition where I'll get um, actually like on the on the spot feedback, which is great. But right. the self tapes, you get no feedback. Nope. So you just have to hope that, you know, you're doing what the director wants or what the casting the mm -hmm. casting director wants. And then it's it's right. now wait a second. You said, John, you said how old are you? I'm 36 now. I started oh. when I was 20. You did? Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. I started stand up when I was 20. And uh, okay. did you, that's, a, uh, that's what I was going to ask you. Did you feel, was there like, there were rules, and I think they were mostly not, not like they were made up by people, I guess, who don't matter, but you know, people trying to control too much. But when I started, there were rules. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, you weren't allowed to do. When you were coming up, was there what, anything? What rules? What rules? Oh man, you were I we when I was younger, you know, when when I started doing stand up, it was literally like I was not to bother anybody that was more famous. And not just like anybody, like if you were like in the club, you couldn't I never you know, heard, I never heard of that. I never heard oh, of that. I, yeah, I it was know. a real bummer. No, I never heard of that at all. I mean, we we just were we just were nice people and we didn't crowd anybody, but we also didn't Right. you know, get you know, like stand back in in awe. And I one one time I was um, first of all you're on the Jersey. Are you on the Jersey Shore? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I used to. This, I'm so old. Um, I used to teach. I am. I'm twice your age. No, I'm not twice your age. I'm almost. <laughs> I'm twice you look your great. Age. I'm six, I'm sixty five. You do 65. look amazing though. Like you look great. Thank you. But um, I'm sixty five, and in mm -hmm. 1976, when I was. 21, I used to be a teacher in Philly, outside mm -hmm. of Philly, um, just north of Philly and um, Montgomery County. And um, occasionally we'd go down to the shore to Longboat, no, to Long, what is it? Long, Long Beach Island. Long Beach LBI. Island, yes. That's where, yes. yeah, that's where I am. Yeah, uh, we loved going there. It was so yeah. fun. It was so fun. Beautiful. 
Um, but anyway, I was saying that one time um, my friend Dave and I, um, we were taking an acting class and we didn't feel like going that day. So we cut and we decided to go have lunch at the Ivy by the shore. How fancy were we? Yes. And we um, and George Carlin was there. So we went and we we yeah. said hi to him and he was really nice. I mean, we didn't wow. he was having lunch, so we didn't get in his face. But you know, people like to be approached. People like to share of themselves for the most part, unless they're assholes. Yeah. That's, that's what I find anyway. I agree. And I found that out like, like, you know, as you, as you, as you meet people in the business, stuff like that. And the more stuff you do, I mean, I'm lucky. I haven't met a ton of people who are assholes. You know, there'd be a couple headliners who, you know, uh, close the green room door you weren't allowed in there you know what i mean like something like that where i was like oh that's a little you know that's a little odd like i wasn't gonna you know whatever but there's a couple instances where that happened i don't want to i'll tell you later i don't want to no, don't, don't, don't yeah but where i was like of, i was like yeah. oh yeah the door's locked and they were like oh yeah he doesn't like to to mingle or talk to anybody that's and i was so like oh, okay <laughs> yeah yeah it's i like, used to I, open like the kitchen staff um, I was used to open for the Pointer Sisters, and oh, wow. they were notorious for, first of all, the, the three of them, they used to take separate limos because they didn't get along well with each other. And wow. then they spread it. So they spread out. They ended up using a lot of dressing rooms because of that. And <clears throat> when they showed me backstage to, to my dressing room, it literally, they opened the door and it was a janitor's closet. There was a bucket with, you know, one of those stand-up mops that, that you that you wring out, you know. Right. And yeah. um, and they said you can either be in here or you can be with the band. And I said I'll I'll hang with the band. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Those are the choices. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, it's crazy. I, I I feel like in the beginning, like I love now. I just want you know. I mean, everybody does, but I want memories. You know what I mean? So like when I go to a club, no matter who I'm with, like if it's somebody, if I wind up opening for somebody famous, or even if I'm headlining and stuff and I just meet the other comics, I just want photos and I want people like, you know, it's not annoying or anything like that, but it's like, hey, let's take a photo. And I'm surprised now because when I was younger, I never would have done it because they made me think people hated it. And now it's like they're almost insulted if you don't ask at the end. You know what I mean? Or like, they're like, right. oh, are we going to take one too or no? Or <laughs> Right, yeah, right. But also, I mean, like you have to feel your way. I mean, everybody's different. Everybody's got yeah. a different. And, and usually it's just, you know, people who don't like to hang with, with the other acts are usually just nervous. They're usually sure. just nervous and they need their space. Yeah. And, and that's what I find anyway. Now, right. when, I, when I was starting, um, of course, there were no selfies at that time right. because there were no cell phones at that time. Mm -hmm. There were barely answering machines at that time. Right. Yeah. So what what was it? So when you when you guys did do stuff like that, I mean, you know, I, that's that's the thing that like, I, I mean, I'm weird. My, my generation, my, my friends and I, our generation is very much like. I know what a cassette tape is. I had a bunch of cassette tape. My first stuff was cassettes, <laughs> you know, and then CDs and then VH. I have I have all my VHS stuff, right? Like I refuse to get rid of any of it. I have one I VCR. Yeah. And I love that stuff. And then um, but like also now we've got the cell phones and all this other shit or whatever. And it's like I rem like I remember like taking a photo 
with like whatever it was and being like, this is, I can't afford to do this again. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> so that must've been, right. was, was it like, you know, now it's like you have to promote yourself comedy wise. So like I bought a camera, like a digital one and my right. friends and I'll take like, if we go out on the road or whatever, just to promote the show, post it on Instagram, which is annoying, right? but whatever it is, you know, on stage, you can take 30 photos. When you were doing that back then, did you think about promoting yourself that way? Or was it just one and done, do my act, get in, get out, get on Carson, go home? Yeah, I think, I mean, look, we, there was definitely a lot of hustling that had to be done, but mm -hmm. I think, I mean, I didn't, I guess I didn't do a lot of my own promotion once, and maybe this is lazy of me. Once I had an agent and a manager, oh. I kind of let those people do their jobs doing that. But, but I mean, I, I guess I, I, I suppose it's good to delegate, but then, some people mm. think if you want it done right, then do it yourself, you know? Yeah. So. I have a hard time. I think now, um, with the, with, you know, with the advent of all this other stuff, you can do it on your own. We're like, I do have a hard time almost letting go of people doing certain things. Cause I'm like, are they going to fuck it up? It's not going to be the photo I want to use, or it's not going to be this or, you know, whatever. And I really have to let go of that kind of stuff. Cause I, I, well, I there's so much really, going on. I think you really do because uh, you know, how many plates are you going to have spinning? Um, yeah. And you have to ally yourself with people that you trust mm -hmm. and know that they will usually make a good decision. Right. You what, know. So one of the things I think I love asking um, comedians, especially people I've, I've never met before, which this is awesome for me, by the way, because uh, I've followed, I've, I've watched you do, you know, this sounds creepy when I say I watched you, but you, you know what I mean? Since you were a kid. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, yeah, and it's it's been it's you know so this is awesome. But do you remember what your first uh, paid professional gig was? Do you remember who first paid you to do stand up? Well, it was not a it was not a bona fide stand up gig. Um, oh. It was like a roast. It was my sister's friend who hired me to roast his wife at her party. And I wow. knew these people. And then I, you know, I got some notes. I took some notes and I got some information from a lot of her friends. And um, and I remember him handing me a hundred dollar bill. Wow. And I thought I had just died and gone to heaven. It was just, <laughs> it was crisp. It was just. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was so exciting. Actually, that might have been the second time. The first time might have been a bring your own audience thing that I put together with a friend of mine oh, that I had cool. met at, 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 uh, one of the open mics. And, um, I think I made $75 there. So that oh. was also not a bona fide comedy club. Right. That's awesome. Like the, I, I know what you mean when the, somebody hands you cash for the first time for doing something, first of all, something you love. And then second of all, where you're like, this almost feels like stealing. This was so much fun. You know what I mean? Like it's, yes. it's you just can't but believe that, you're getting the money for it. Yeah, that feeling went away pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like that's, I'm stealing that, anymore. No, not anymore. No, I know. No. Those feelings are gone. Uh, that's incredible. Then. So then when, so that was your first, you knew you, how, when did you know you wanted to do stand up? Early. Um, hmm. I became interested in, in comedy. Probably I was about eight years old. I used to mm -hmm. watch the comedians all the time on the Ed Sullivan show, on the Tonight Show. And when I was about 13, because I was voted class clown in my ninth, in my ninth grade class. And when once that happened, you were? Mm -hmm. 
And once so once that happened, I said, this is what I want to do. But then it took me almost another 13 years to actually start doing it. Well, what were you doing in between then? Well, I was teaching and I was selling cosmetics and I was just, I was mm. floundering. I was really too scared to do it. And I was, I was shy of, I was June 28th. This June 28th will be my 40th anniversary as a stand-up comic. Wow. Congratulations. That's, inc that's incredible. It's pretty crazy. Um, when you said you were too afraid to do it, like stage fright afraid or just, yes. or just that you didn't think the possibility was there? Like a didn't seem like was, a feasible thing. No, it seemed it seemed feasible to me, but I didn't have any encouragement in my uh, close circle. Certainly not mm -hmm. my my family did not encourage me at all, and um, I didn't hang with. I didn't ha really have a group of friends that were artistic, and um, so I I was really. I worked in an ad agency. I mean, I was really taking a while to find myself. I was oh. pretty depressed. I was pretty depressed. I and then I finally- completely relate. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of us are. Um, I mean, a lot of us tend to be, but I, mm. I finally couldn't stand not doing it. It became so much, I was avoiding all things comedy and, and I finally, I had, I had to do it. I just had to do yeah. it. I know exactly. I know that feeling exactly. And it's the same, like yeah. the, um, you know, I did the thing where I went all throughout high school. I was like quiet about when I wanted to do stand up. Like, I don't, were you, did you tell your friends that you were, you knew you were funny and that you wanted to be a comedian or did you? Well, I, hide? I mean, I, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. No, 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 it's fine. That. I don't know. I, I don't, I I'm Italian. I like being interrupted. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what that means, me. but great. Um, <laughs> it just makes me feel like I'm around my family where we're all just oh, shouting. Everyone's trying to like top each okay. other. <laughs> yes, Jews are the same. But yeah. um, I, you know, I knew I was funny from the reaction that I would get from people. And I, and I mm -hmm. started using comedy at a very early age. I was, I'm the youngest of three girls. And mm -hmm. it really helped me get attention in my family. And so I knew I was funny, um, but for me to take it to a career was something very different. I was in a play in camp, in, at Sleepaway Camp. I was in Once Upon a Mattress. I played um, Princess Winifred, the lead. Wow. And, and I really, it really was a turning point for me. I really, I was about, I was about 12 or 13 then. And I really felt that um, it was a calling. It really felt like a calling for me. It just was so natural for me to mm -hmm. get laughs. Yeah. So it it really was um, a lack of self confidence. That was that. So that was the first moment that you knew when it when it hit. You got laughs in Once Upon a Mattress, and you were like, "This is what I want to get, and this is what I want to oh, do." Oh yeah. Oh, oh that's God. awesome. Oh my God, it was so great. And hearing my sister laugh in the back was just the best. That's nice. That's it a was, great validation. Was one of my best friends. Oh. My sister is one of my best friends, and knowing that she got me was such a great feeling. Oh mm -hmm. God, it was just the best. There is a lot of understanding like between like like you want to be understood when you're doing your comedy because it's so personal and the material you know it's 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 a level of connection that you can get with strangers and also with your family too i feel like when your family and friends understand your comedy and they get you and they laugh at it it's like a whole other level of friendship you know like like you're just like oh you're seeing what's 
working on the behind the scenes here? Well, I mean, I think that's such a basic human need is to be understood and to mm -hmm. be heard. I yeah. mean, comedy or not, I mean, you just want to, I mean, that's why I'm so fascinated with language. Mm -hmm. um, I just think it's the most, people who are really good at language and can really distill their thoughts and feelings and get them really specific. Um, and, and, then, and then have someone who's listening or reading get that, it's just, mm -hmm. You know, because we're all, I mean, this is, this becomes almost existential and philosophical, but we're, we're all alone. We're yeah. all essentially alone. And, Absolutely. And human connection is just so important. Right. So that's why when you hear, you know, there's so many times when, like when in doing TV, you don't know, you don't know who's getting you and who's not getting you, but getting an email from someone um, saying that really meant a lot to me. You've, you know, your comedy has meant so much to me over the years. I mean, that that is so important, and to hear that, to know that I'm coming across. Yeah, I I know exactly what you mean. I did a uh, a short film about a year ago, and uh, it was it was based off the about a de about with depression that I had had or whatever. And it was one of those things where I was like, I have no idea. I want to make it just because I want to make it. And uh, I have no idea if this is going to land. And, you know, I'm one of those people who, like, I'm sure we all get like this, where you kind of hate your own product at a certain point. You're just around it so much. Where you're like, this is bad. I'm bad. Uh, mm -hmm. Why am I doing this? But then when it was done, like, the the what it, how it resonated with people made me, I was like, it's not mine anymore. And I'm glad people resonated with it. And it's just so nice, mm -hmm. nice to hear. And the fact that it's it kind of had a second resurgence with the pandemic because everybody was like, uh, struggling with stuff, um, right? And, oh man! And how do, well, before we, I want to talk about that a little bit too. But you were talking about wordplay and how yes. much you love language. And I, by the way, I can. I'm glad you said that because I can tell that immediately from your acting material and how you do it. Did you get inspiration from that through Carlin? Because Carlin was like, you know, he was fascinating. Like his his act is very much from a writer's perspective. Yes. Yeah. I so, mean, I loved George Carlin. I loved Robert Klein. Mm. Um, they were my real um, stand-up inspirations, but the, where I first got inspired in 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 comedy in general was Nichols and May. Oh, um, yeah. Do you know Nichols and May? Absolutely. Yeah, they're brilliant together. Oh my god! And mm -hmm. that was that's where I, you know, you guys were talking about not wanting an autograph. I love getting an autograph. Um, okay. And I got Mike Nichols. I worked with him on two of his films, and. Mm -hmm. I got an autograph from him on my Nichols and May Examine Doctors album, and that I completely cherish. That wow. that's that's awesome. The nickel. See, okay, I'll qualify the autograph thing. I hate it when it was like an autograph book. I love it when it's an album or something that means something to you, and then you get that person to sign. Like, oh, uh, an autograph book. Like that. Oh, like, but do people do that kind of, of stuff, or they or they want it on a napkin? Of, I'm like, oh. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I had to do that for somebody. Well, I gave them it. I they they I have a uh you know we all sell stuff at the end of things. So I have a book of draw. I draw like a, a cartoonist and I do some freelance shit. But I had a book of cartoons. By the end of the year, I had a nice collection. So I was selling them after shows. And then some guy came up and was like, "Can you draw on this napkin and sign it?" I'm like, "I'll draw in the book." Like just like, like <laughs> you, bought, you bought the book. Let me fucking write the book. And he was like, "Oh, so I don't funny. know. Why I didn't think of that." And I was like, "Who thinks of a napkin?" You know, when um, I put on lipstick and I I blot my lips, I get a really nice lip print, and somebody has asked me to sign that, and I've done that. 
that's cool though that's, that's something cool. very personal and unique and now they can clone yeah. you by the way so that's oh that's even better that's creepy <laughs> they get 23 23 and me you in a heartbeat oh my uh, god well i hope my uh, clone has better luck than i have <laughs> You got to work with Mike Nichols. I don't know what you're talking about. You oh, were, it was great. You know, that your career just, has been. That was great. Yeah. He, I'll tell you a another... great Mike Nichols oh, story, which I've please. told before, but I'll make mm -hmm. it as quick as I can. No, no. I, I used to, um, I memorized that album when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. um, every, every, every band on that album, except for the, even the improvised one, I was pretty, their improvised one, I was pretty, um, familiar with, but all the scripted bands on that album, I, I um, memorized. And my mom, when I was about eight years old, she would come up to my room when I'd go to bed and I would say my prayers. And then I would, which was crazy, is crazy to even think I did that at one time. And <laughs> then I would do a selection off the album for her, oh, which wow. she thought was very bizarre, I think. Um, <laughs> but when I worked with Mike Nichols on the first film that I, I did with him, um, I was standing side by side. I just happened to be standing next to him, shoulder to shoulder. He was setting up a shot and I was just standing there. And I didn't think, I didn't, there was no, you know, there was no um, pre, pre uh, there was no planning in this. Mm -hmm. I, I just blurted out gauze, which is one of the, um, one of the pieces on the album, gauze. Mm -hmm. And he said gauze. And I said, more gauze. And he said, more gauze, more gauze, more gauze. And we're doing the whole thing together. We're doing it until I lost my place. And I said, you don't know what it's like to do this with Mike Nichols. And he said, you don't know what it's like to be Mike Nichols. <laughs> it was just an unbelievable experience. Wow. That's incredible. See, that's the stuff. I mean, that that's amazing that you got to do that, especially with one of your heroes. Like, I know it took me, it took me like full circle Yeah. from the beginning of my dreams to where I was at that moment. How did you get the, how did you wind up getting the, you, was it just an audition and you wound up it landing it or had he, or had he seen your, okay. So he no, wasn't it was an audition. Wow. It had nothing to do with my standup. It was just, it was an acting audition. Do you, do you like the, uh, I mean, do you kind of rely heavily on your standup when you're doing your acting stuff or do you find them to be two separate entities and, you don't like mixing the two. Well, um, I think it's, uh, I mean, I think the most important thing to me as an actor is to be honest. Mm -hmm. And I also find that very important as a standup. I don't like saying things that aren't authentic. And, yeah. you know, occasionally like, you know, when things are in my act and I, I'm kind of like feeling uncomfortable. It's because I'm sensing a lack of authenticity and something mm. can be authentic at one point in my life and then start to be inauthentic. And then it's yeah. time to let it go. Um, but I love acting. I really do love acting. And, and, you know, it depends on the character, you know, your time, your timing as a comic is not going to be what you necessarily use as an actor. Mm -hmm. Depends on what the character is. Yeah, it's it's weird. I I don't know. I I, don't, I like. I thought I was going to be interested in acting and stuff like that, and I kind of am. I'm always hoping the director is going to make a mistake and hire me. Everybody <laughs> makes a mistake at some point. I'm like, why not on me? Uh, <laughs> but I but I do like like I think it's fun. But I know what you mean about the authenticity thing. I think it's like I don't. 
I don't know if I could ever play a role that's like uh, as in like a De Niro type of thing. You know what I mean? Like, um, well, if you're playing I a character, I... mm -hmm. if you're playing a character, you can play any character as long as it's as long as it's true. What you're doing is true to the character. That's a good point. You know, I mean, if you're if you're doing like Taxi Driver, let's say, right? I mean, crazy characters, you're going to be crazy. You'd be right. crazy as the character. It doesn't mean that you like. You don't have to like what this. You don't have to approve of what your character does. That's true. As long That's as a it's good. true for the character. Yeah, it was a weird. I took like a a my. Do you know Joanna Beckson? I've heard that name. Okay, she was like the. I guess she was. She was. She taught comedians in New York. She's right. She's amazing. But she was one of those people who, like, you had to be approved to get into her class, especially if you were a comic, because she right. didn't want any B, you know, she didn't want any of your bullshit. You know what I mean? Right. So, which I totally understood well, too. That's but fair. she, right. And I totally, yeah. And it was, you know, um, uh, you know, she taught like Ray Romano, David Tell, like all the, like mm -hmm. any New York comic went to her. And then I right. wound up getting recommended and went to her or whatever. And it was interesting because it was, she wouldn't let me um, do any comedy pieces. And she was like, you, you can already do. So she had, right. she wanted you to almost, stretch. Yeah. And it was almost, I thought she was picking on me in the, in the beginning. Cause I was mm -hmm. like, this is torture. I don't understand why she won't just let me do what I'm already good at. And now I look at it as being like very valuable to most, to most stuff because I, it was driving me crazy though. Yeah, I was like, what is she giving me this stuff for? <laughs> well, why do what you, you know, I like, I happen to like doing drama um, yeah. a lot. And, um, some of I think some of my best work has been in dramatic roles. Yeah, well, do, you, do are you one of the people I've subscribed to the same philosophy that comedians are actually really good at? Like, if they can do the comedy, they can do the drama really well, if and it actors, just seems to be the case. Yeah, actors, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's um, was that an easy? Were you like easily transitioning into acting? Well, actually, let me let me go back for a couple of seconds. I still want to talk okay. about. So, who was your crew? Because you said you were who you looked up to. But like, did you have a, a tight knit group of people, comedians that you hung out with back, you know, when you started? Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. I don't know. I don't know if there's anybody that you would know, though. Oh, I know. I'm, um, I'm like a nerd about comedy, so hit me with people. Well, I, I might. I mean, I hung out with um, Beverly Mickens. Okay. Um, Carol Montgomery. Who she um, she sends her? She just texted me. She said, "Send Kathy my love." Oh, so, great. She just, I, that's and, and crazy. And I think today is her birthday. It is her birthday today. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She's my comedy mom. So I just said, I said happy oh, birthday wow. to her this morning. Yeah. Um, yeah. She was one of the first people I ever met. Her name was Carol Friedman at the time. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Bill Masters. Yeah. Uh, Wayne Fetterman. Oh, no um, way. That's um, crazy. Um, who else did I hang out with? Steve Schaefer. Um, mm -hmm. Steve Middleman, who was my boyfriend at, at, uh, at one point, but is my, has been my friend for years. Um, who else? Um, I'm blanking. <laughs> Susie Essman and I were, were hung out for a while. Joy Behar oh, nice. and I hung out. Um, oh, that's crazy. Okay. So that's it. Those, those are the, those are your class. I know those every, my, every... that was my class. That's cool. Yeah. And then you guys were like, was the camaraderie then as strong as like, you know, I mean, every, every comedy book I've ever read about, you know, comedians when they started out in, you know, eighties, uh, even and I guess in the early nineties was that it was strong. You guys, I was talking to, um, who the, John Mendoza. I was talking to John yes. Mendoza yes. and he said, uh, it's funny cause he's not, he won't, 
He doesn't do any. He's like, I don't have a oh, computer. Oh, Sue Kalinsky. I'm sorry, but I didn't oh, meet okay. her until later. Later, because I was not an improv act. But, oh, okay. I was um, going to say, I know who that is too. So the Mendoza, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I was talking to him. He, he doesn't have a computer, so he won't, like, he's like, he talked to me on the phone, but I couldn't do anything with this. So, but he was basically like, he said something along the lines of, uh, He's like, yeah, we may not have liked each other all the time. And he goes, but we like the act. And we always used to help each other with jokes. Does that, you feel oh, the same yeah. way? Okay. But I mean, I genuinely loved, I, I loved that. I mean, I loved that time of my life. It was just the sweetest, sweetest time. Um, we were all in it together. We cared about each other. I'm, you know, I, my clubs in New York were Catch a Rising Star and the comic strip. And, you know, Catch was on 77th and 1st, between 77th and 78th and 1st. And the comic strip was like 80th or 81st and 2nd. So we would all, you know, we would all pass each other on 79th Street and talk to each other. How's it looking over there? How's it looking over there? You know, and well, the comic strip had scheduled spots, but Catch didn't have scheduled spots. So you'd want to know, like, well, you know, what are the chances of getting on? at catch, you know, was it crowded in the bar? Um, mm-hmm. Were there a lot of comics hanging out? I mean, those were just such great days, my God. And you know what I noticed the difference between, like, well, one of the many differences is for you guys, the comedy clubs back then were open until like two, three o'clock in the morning, oh, like God, almost, yes. not every now, night. Like, yeah. And that's the craziest thing is like, you know, I, like every time somebody's telling a story or I hear somebody doing it or whatever, they're like, oh, yeah, we would call at like 3 a.m. and see who was still hanging out. And I'm like, they close at 10 here. Like, <laughs> what is going on? Well, first of all, it was the crest of the wave. You know, the yeah. 80s and, and, and early 90s were the peak time. Mm. I mean, that's when every city had at least one comedy club and you could work all over the country so easily. Yeah. I, I wish there was a, I mean, we're, everybody keeps talking about an eventual boom, but I think the boom is like different. It's, it's not going to be the same as far as clubs Everything go. Everything keeps changing. You know, it just, it's not, you, you don't, you don't want to go backwards. I mean, no. Just, well, you know, what the cool thing was, is, and uh, were you a comedy store person too? When you went out to LA? Yes, did you, I was a okay. comedy store person. That's what I thought. So, I, did you see that documentary that Mike Binder did? Yeah, I was in it. I was in a little That's, bit. Of I was going to say, I, some yeah. people, I, I talked to a couple of people who were on it and they were like, I didn't watch my scene. I was like, come on. I'm like, you were in it. I did not see it. So I didn't want to assume, but um, it was great. And the one thing I loved about it, and I think this helped me, you know, and a couple of my other friends through like the COVID thing was like, comedy store has been open for decades. And every time they hit upon a decade, it was like, Comedy is amazing. Comedy's over. Comedy's amazing. Comedy's right. over. And yes. that stores, you know, the, and it's been around forever. So I was like, oh, we'll survive COVID. Yeah. I mean, it'll be very interesting to see where the world is a year from now. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm reading some horrible news about India having a horrible second wave. And it's just like, will this ever end? I know. Well, it's the, yeah, the, the second, their, their next wave is because there's that mutant COVID, um, whatever the hell it is that's supposed to be knocking around the Pfizer vaccine and stuff or blowing past it or whatever. So I don't, yeah, I know. I feel the same way. And I feel like it's never, you know, we don't stand a chance unless, um, the, the rest of the population understands that like they need to, they need to wear their masks. They need to stay, they need to, they can't be indoors, and we know what and and we know what that's about. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, 100%. They don't give a shit. Nope. 
I know. And it's and that's the reason why it's amazing to me that that they didn't want to be in this situation for as long as it was. And they're the only reasons we've been in it as long as we have. And yep. there's and the thing is, I've let go of this because it was driving me crazy. There's never going to be any, you know, uh, what do they call it? A come to Jesus moment where they're like, oh, my God, like it's my fault. No, right. nobody ever get. I had a friend, a close friend who, um, and I'm thankfully everything's you know fine. But like, uh, where uh, they were going out, they were traveling. They went to you know they t- took a plane. They flew wherever the fuck they wanted. I mean, they wore their mask. You know what I mean? But like, they just did whatever. They went to bars. They hung out with people. And then you know, and I would be like, I don't understand. Like you know your parents are you know, high risk, uh, yada, 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 or whatever. And they were just like, well, we're doing, you know, what the restrictions say. And I'm like, you know, variables, blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, yeah. And then just recently it like swept through her whole family. And oh. I was like, and you know what would bother me? It was like, there was in a point where they were like, really shouldn't have, fu-. you know what I mean? None of that. No, no realization. No, nothing clicked in. Like, man, wow. did I fuck up? And I'm pretty sure after it, it runs through and they're all fine. It's going to be like, well, we dodged that bullet. Like, <laughs> like I can't stand that shit. But um, wow. yeah, it, that sad. stuff drives me crazy. It's really sad. Yeah. Have you been, so you've been doing the self auditions and stuff like that. You said during, yes. during COVID and stuff. I, um, have you been doing any writing and stuff too? Do you feel like you have a, like, what's the process well, like I've been for this kind of on, thing? Um, I have not been doing enough stand up writing. Uh, mm. I've been very disappointed in that, but I have, I have to, you know, I'm, it's very hard for me to write in a vacuum when I'm not going on a, on a stage and performing and zoom does not do it for me at all. I hear you. I, I mean, I do it, I do it, but I don't do it with the consistency that I used to go on stage. Right. Um, so I've done I have four zoom shows. Total. Oh, I think <laughs> the whole thing. Well, I understand it's, it's not very gratifying. I mean, look, if, if, if you were a, a young person with dreams and decided, gee, I, I, I stand up comedy sounds like an interesting thing. Let me see how it's done. And you saw that it was being done on Zoom. Would you pursue it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, no I mean, never. It, it's it's not what it's meant to be. It's supposed to be a conversation. Yeah. I mean, you go on Zoom. People have their video off. They're muted. I mean. <laughs> What do they want? Or or you get or you get the guy that just for I don't even know if I can do it, but who just like does this the entire like they just yes, lean back yes. and you're like, yes. sir, do you want to maybe sit <laughs> up? <laughs> like you know, pretend that I'm yeah. actually in the room or whatever. I know. I mean, people don't don't understand that it's like the an audience has to participate. Yeah, you know? we did. Tom and I did a charity event for uh, one dude who's great, by the way. But it was hilarious to me because I noticed by the time I went on at one point that his, they put the computer screen so far away from their couch. And then, uh, I just kept like, I'm waiting to go on. I'm looking at their screen. And I realized the husband is watching some kind of sports game. Cause like his, like there's just this light flashing in his face and his wife is watching the comedy show. And I was like, this is his fucking show. Like we, we did like a charity (laughs) thing and he wound up, uh, are you sure he wasn't watching it on another screen? I hope so. That's the that's the good way to look at it. <laughs> that is. I mean, that they would were, be really sad. That would be really sad. But they were so. I mean, I don't know that he knew that he could have watched it on another screen. You know what I mean? Like they they were um, not tech savvy. So, but but I like Speaking that. Of, that's good optimism. 
Speaking of tech savvy, I have to go back to something that kind of sure. entered my brain and then I forgot about it. But now, did you say that John Mendoza doesn't have a computer? He has, you know, I don't, he said he, either he said he doesn't have one or he doesn't do it. I think he was like, I don't do the, he was like, I don't do the computer thing. Oh, so and he I doesn't like, like to do this type of an interview, maybe. I, I guess, or I feel like okay. from, I think he was like, I have email. <laughs> and he was like, and that's it. And I think right. that was it. I think he's got it. Well, I think he's on Facebook. I mean, he's, I think he's on Facebook. I think he's on Facebook. Yeah. He was great, but he doesn't do the video stuff. Like he has no right. work. He doesn't know how to operate it. And well, I'd still love to talk to him at some point, but I, I, you know, I can't get him to get on the, this. Right. On the, this, on the, this, whatever this, whatever <laughs> this is on the, I know, I don't know why <laughs> I know what it's called, but I, but full Mendoza digital interview on a digital interview. Yeah. I'd yeah. That's that, what it's called. Great. Damn it. It is. Yes. It's a digital <laughs> interview. It's a, and this is how we see each other now. <laughs> This is what this is what it is today. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, one of the great things is that are those weights and that I see in the background? Yes. How do you see that with the blurred background? Yes. Because I weights. just see the the way it's set up. It just looks yeah. like it. Those are weights. Um, yeah, I'm in my office. Um, what was I saying? Um, oh, that I get an opportunity. I mean, the the upside of this is that I have the opportunity to meet so many other people. Yes. That and. By the way, it's it's the Alameda Comedy Club that I'm going to be at. Not, that, a, not I the Al, you I think you said the Almedia or something like oh, that. Oh, I may I may have I'm an idiot. That's okay. <laughs> no, you're not an idiot. But I, I, I just said it once to you. It's you're not yeah. an idiot. But it's the Alameda Comedy Club, and people can actually, if you're not an Alameda, you can um, watch the show digitally by going to comediaplex.com. I think tickets wow. are on sale tomorrow, which is so great because. You know, you're reaching a, a much broader audience. Mm -hmm. um, what was that one more time? I'm sorry. Comediaplex. Comediaplex? Dot com. Yeah. Tickets are on sale. What's today? Monday or Tuesday? Today uh, it is, is Monday. 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 Yeah. So they go on sale tomorrow, Tuesday. Tuesday the 20th mm -hmm. or 20. Oh, so, indeed. Yeah, that's that's incredible. So that's actually, yeah, I didn't know they were doing the the virtual thing there too. I've never heard of that before. That's a great idea, though. When you think about it, I mean, do people pay online to see it virtually too? It's Alameda, Tom. You missed Alameda. one one letter there. Um, um, yeah, they pay. I think it's like fifteen dollars to see it online. Wow, that's. But phenomenal. I mean, you can watch it. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly no limit to the amount of eyeballs that can watch it. Also, right on one computer, so. It's cool. It's a cool way. I mean, people are. Yeah. I give this guy, this guy Patrick Ford, who opened the club. He opened it right when the pan the pandemic was starting, and it mm -hmm. was just. And he managed to keep this alive. I just give him wow. so much credit. He really worked very hard. He really worked hard. I find a certain joy in the clubs that are just decent, like uh, you know decent comics decent human beings that have thrived in this and the ones that i hated mm -hmm. just burn <laughs> like i know it, i know it's fucked up but i i literally like when when a, when i see an asshole go down i'm like yes <laughs> and like another one rise to the top of the cream i'm like ah so good um so you were your first movie was moonstruck though so that was no that i was, was not that's a that's a um that's a I don't know why why that's on IMDb. It is on IMDb, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how oh. to correct it. 
But it's Amy, Amy Aquino, who's somebody who sort of has the same uh, vibe and kind of general looks as I. Okay. She was she was in that movie. She plays really as the hairstylist. As the hairstylist, right? Yes. Wow. Okay. Right. So then that's great though, because I've seen Moonstruck and then I thought I was a terrible fan because I was like, I do not remember. No, <laughs> I was like, you, I'm you, I know. That's fantastic. Okay, cool. All right. So then what was your first film? Um, I think it was, if I remember, well, there was one called Nervous Ticks. I can't remember if it was, I worked with Bill Pullman in that. Oh, it was he's a, so great. Really early on in his career. And it, it, it Peter Boyle was in that. And, wow. Um, and Julie Brown was in that, and um, wow. I mean Josh Mustel was in that. It was oh a lot of God. fun. I can't remember if that was the first one or if "Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead" was the first one. That's a great. Uh, um, came but out that's first. got legs, boy. Which came yeah. out first? Uh, don't tell don't mom. mom. Okay, that movie keeps showing up. I, it's I mean, on people, all the time. People really love that movie. Yeah, it. I love that movie's a. I remember seeing that when I was a kid. That movie was. Right. In, I love that movie. Um. So, so do you? Do you think you prefer the acting or the stand up? Because it feels like you're leaning towards almost acting a little bit. But you're so. Is it because you're so good at the stand up at this point that you're just like or? No, you know, I, even, I don't think that's. I don't think that's the case. I think you have to keep. You have hmm. to keep evolving in any art form. I think. Um, I just. I think a lot of the, you know, a lot of the um, kind of byproducts of stand-up I don't like, like yeah. um, people not paying attention, people talking during the show, heckling. You know what it reminds me of? Like, did you read Steve Martin's book, Born Standing yeah. Up? Yeah, well, phenomenal. At the beginning of the book, he talks about why he left stand-up and... Um, it was that, that there were so many variables that you just can't control. You can't control if somebody comes out with a tray of food and it drops on the floor. And right. you can't control somebody who's drunk in the audience. And the, the, like, I got really tired of babysitting drunks. I mean, I just, yeah. and I also got, got tired of following acts that were not good acts for me to follow. You yep. know, I don't want to follow someone who's filthy. Right. It's not the right programming. Yeah. You know, it's and they just, don't. It's it's the wrong kind of show to put together. Yeah, and I was gonna say, and that's an art in and of itself is being able to put together a decent show yes, with comics that complement each other. Yeah. Right. And that's crazy. It's it's funny. I was talking to somebody else about this the other day, another comic about what. When we talk, like the language we use to talk about what a good show is, and then when you look back, you're like, that's not a good show. Like like a lot of comics, like especially ones that I know are still slugging it out, you know, uh, trying to make a name and stuff like that, is like, they're like, uh, you know, like, oh, it's such a great show. You know, they... Um, you know, they, they paid me and they gave, they actually gave us a meal and you're like, that doesn't make a good show. They're supposed to pay you. They're right. supposed to give you I a know. good meal. I mean, comics are so used to scraps. I swear. Yeah. You know, do, I don't know if they, when we were working the Jersey gigs, you know, back in, mm. in the early days, um, the one nighters, they had the comics menu. Do they still have the comics menu? Do you know? Yes. At clubs? And 
Yeah, absolutely. I've gotten it handed to me a couple times. And I always kind of find a waitress or somebody there who I'm like, can I get the pasta with like grilled chicken or whatever? And they like usually take, you know, there's like, yeah, we'll get you something. Um, I think I take advantage of the fact that I'm like child size and um, I've got glasses. So they're like, oh, he must be, you know, little, you know, (laughs) like it's a make a wish situation. Um, Oh my God. uh, (laughs) So, but like I do, I kind of like, can I get this like a real meal or what's going on? Um, But yeah, they do have the, they do have the regular menu, which by the way, you wonder why most comics like drop dead or whatever. It's all poison on the oh, menu no, that they actually fried, give you. It's, fr- it's fried beyond recognition. And right. you don't want to get too close to the kitchen because they'll drop you in the deep fryer. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, um, it's horrible. The kind of stuff that they, that they expect you to eat. Yeah. I always want to know the behind the scenes of why they gave you, like they put they, like all of a sudden, like they're like, you can't have the lobster anymore. And I'm like, what the fuck did the last guy do with the lobster that even was off the menu now? You know what I mean? Like where well, they're like, now you get fish sticks instead of lobster. And like, right. Oh, I mean, happened? there were, there were definitely those comics who ruined it for everyone else. You know, like what were, were the, the phone didn't call out of the condo, that kind of thing <laughs> or, which is so dangerous. I mean, like the kind of, and then one time I remember going to play this club in Oklahoma city and it was a seven day gig. Mm-hmm. So, and they gave you, they gave the comics a car to use, which was to their benefit. So they didn't have to shuttle us back and forth from the condo to the club, but right. they never, that, which means because it was a seven day gig, they never had any time to maintain the car. So it was the, the tires were bald. Lord oh knows God. when there was an oil change or any kind of maintenance in the car. Right. So I mean, comics were. I mean, you know, we were we were the reason people came to the place, mm-hmm. and we were being treated so poorly. That's why I was kind of hoping for some kind. I mean, everybody was hoping for something to come out of the other end of COVID. You know what I mean? Obviously, things more important than comedy for starters. But like, I was kind of like. You know, I saw a shift in attitudes in the way people, comedians, just thought about these comedy clubs and the comedy club owners where they were like, I mean, me, is, I mean, Tom knows because I don't shut the fuck up sometimes. Uh, but I uh, I really just decided I, I didn't like to take any shit beforehand. And there was some stuff I remember starting out that people had told me that was just bad advice and they were just abusing their power as a club owner or, right. you know, whatever it was at the time. And I do have, I, I resent that kind of stuff. And I try to make sure that anybody who's younger, you know, than me and starting for the first time. That's like, like one piece of advice I always give is like literally no club or bar or whatever can make or break your career. Like You're don't right. ever listen to anybody, you know? Yeah. Thank you. And I'm, and no, I feel no like one thing can, can right. ever make or break your career. And when I was younger, that was something I was terrified of because these way, the way these club owners or whomever gatekeepers, whatever you want to call them, throw around their fucking weight. And most right. of them are just dudes who, you know, there's like a there's like a a guy thing where it's like either owning property or or having something over so you know like I never bonded with anybody on that level where you're like you know I don't know what it is but it's like it, I think it's a very guy thing to do sometimes where well, they don't it's even a power they thing it's a power thing right it's a way to keep people in their in somebody else in in his or her place yeah know? and I was kind of hoping at the end of this we would see because when you think about it the people that survived during COVID are you know, entertainment wise, whatever comedians, we, what did we do? Like I bought stuff immediately. I started interviewing people I liked and was, you know, admired or whatever. And, you know, we did, you know, 
better or worse, we did some Zoom shows, whether we wanted to, but like right. the clubs died off. They don't have anything with that. Like without us, they couldn't do anything. And for the right. most part, like, you know, half of these clubs are just fucking restaurants. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and they could barely. So I mean, without, uh, without us, they're not even comedy. They don't even consist of comedy though. So I'm hoping, you know, we take some of that power back maybe, but going out on the road and like, I've already got some clubs who are like, uh, we've been hit really hard and we're not, you know, would you be able to do it for less? No, <laughs> no, I can't. I've also been hit hard. Like, right. You know, no kidding. I'm, I'm, By the way, can you see how my lighting is yeah, really, t absolutely. it's really awful. Do you want me to see if I can turn on a lamp over there? I can't get the screen back on. Did that help go. at all? Actually? Yeah. It looks great. Slightly, slightly. Yeah. yeah you're okay. Okay. And right, I know whatever. it probably looks weird because I'm lit like I'm under the sun, but it's because you are. <laughs> I know. I know. It's and Tom lits Tom is lit very nicely too. Thank you. you yeah, we're, we're trying to get dates. Uh, no, Tom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I we go from this interview right to speed dating, so it's you know he's just my he's my wingman. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna die alone. So uh, <laughs> that's that's my future. Um, so I, I have something I, I've also been we've been asking about people. Is there if there's one piece of advice that you could give to comics coming up, what would it be? Yours? Um, don't rely on working blue. Mm -hmm. Don't rely on fuck being your laugh word. Mm -hmm. um, and be authentic. Be vulnerable. Tell the truth. It's really, nice. I think it's really important to me. Yeah, uh, the authenticity stuff is like, I feel like that's that's definitely something that a lot of people, it's funny that you said the um, that there's, that's how you described jokes that don't work for you anymore, that they may have worked in the past. I never thought of it that way, that like I've outgrown this particular bit. It's not that it's not funny anymore. It's just not, I'm not delivering it authentically anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, certain. I've been doing certain bits an embarrassingly long amount of time, and then other things have really fallen out rather quickly. And it's just because they haven't connected with me, with my mm. essence. They're Do you just have not a joke? Part of who you are anymore, huh? Like they just. Yeah, I mean, you know, one should hope that one changes mm -hmm. in life. You know, if you're not changing, then. Yeah. Something's wrong. Do you have a joke that the audience loves and that you can't stand to tell, but you can't get rid of because it just lands so well? Um, I feel like that's like a prominent thing in almost everyone's um, where they're like, I wish this joke would die, <laughs> but it's so um, good. Well, I, I guess like I say that, um, I say, um, um, we adopted, we have a, I, my husband and I have a daughter. We, I, we adopted a little girl from China. And even though I adopted, I still got the epidural. <laughs> I just think it's a little hacky. I know why you would think that, know. but that's such a good joke though. That's know. so great though. I, I guess maybe I'm that. just tired of it, you know? Yeah. I, I get the same. I, I feel the same way. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. You get tired of the specific joke and then that's right. Right. And that's it. Um, so, so the, so I want to just touch again on like between your, you know, when you transition from comedy to acting and then mm -hmm. going into movies and stuff like that, was that, uh, was that an easy decision for you to make? Like, you it just, wasn't really, you, I mean, I didn't, I didn't make a decision 
to transition from one to, I, I did them concurrently. Okay. Um, but at, there was like a, a point where I was maybe doing more acting than stand up. Okay. And now this year I'm doing very little of either. Right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm, I, I've done, honestly, like I wish people could see, I, I've done better acting this entire year. Like when people ask me, I'm fine. If I, how I'm doing and I tell them I'm fine. That's my most prolific acting. I'm like, I'm fine. Everything's great. Thank you for asking. I'm like, yes, no, I'm not. Very, I'm losing my very mind. Good. Very Thank good. Very good. I believe Bravo. my the real answer would be like, I'm eating way too much cheese and I'm Googling whether or not that's a good thing. Uh, so, <laughs> so far, I can find answers to both that, that support my case. So uh, I eat too much cheese too. Oh God, it's so fun. It's so good. I love um, cheese. Me too. This is so bad for you. And I it's love it bad. so much. It is. It's so, when I, I, I literally, literally did Google, like, cause I was eating so much of it at a certain point that I was like, let me, let me see what it's doing <laughs> to me. And then my I did and I was a, like. My head is a cheese now. Is that bad? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm like, none of this is working out pretty good for me. Um, yeah. I'm fading away. I've got holes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> this is not looking good. I think I, I one of my I think this is probably my one of my saddest COVID moments, food wise. By the way, there's been a it's been a bunch of others, but I literally I was I woke up uh, and I was like hungry and I couldn't go back to sleep and I was too lazy to cut cheddar and I just peeled back <laughs> the thing and had a thing of crackers and just you mean bit you it. just bit into the into the brick of cheddar. <laughs> Bit like into the cheddar. Oh my yes. god! And but not without the crackers either. And I just took. I would bite into it and get like three crackers. And be wow. like, Boink. Yeah, that is that, was my, that is a sad day. Yeah. But I'm, you know, we all do what we have to do to get through a day. Right. And if you had to you. do that, then that's what you had to do. If I did it more than once, I would see somebody about it. But I feel comfortable enough doing it once and letting it go. Okay. Um, no, you just story, though, it's a great and go visual. Back prayers late at night, <laughs> just for you. <laughs> I know. Forgive me, Father. For <laughs> just look out for this guy. Yeah, I know. Seriously. <laughs> I just, I just do like a COVID prayer. I say like ten Black Lives Matter and cancel a celebrity, and then I'm good. And. Uh, <laughs> That'd be great. Um, so, 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 what was there anything? Was there because like we, you told me like what you know, Nichols and May, where how you got into the mm -hmm. the comedy thing, and your inspirations. Was there like a specific um, acting inspiration that you had that was like you saw like a coming to you know, uh, like a moment where you're like, oh, that is, I want to be her or him, I or I want to be in that. I mean, I, I mean, Frances McDormand to me is Ooh. such a fine actress. She's and amazing. She is, and and um, and then did you have you seen? Um, oh God, have you seen um, Promising Young Woman yet? Yes, that was wow. So, Carrie so Mulligan. Good. Carrie Mulligan has such incredible range. Yeah, I don't know if you happen to see this other movie on Netflix that she's in called The Dig, which is no. really good. It's with Ray oh. Fiennes. It's very oh. good. But look at the two different performances that she gives in Promising Young Woman and The Dig, that she can that she can do that, that she has access to both of those things. Mm -hmm. So impressive. I mean, there are a lot of people I admire, but um, did you happen to see The Father yet? I did. Holy. I mean. How great was Anthony Hopkins? Un unbelievable. I mean, for a guy who was in, he came out of retirement and then and just. So 
he was so playful. I've never seen him so playful. He was just. I agree. What what an amazing performance. Yeah, I know wow. that was th that meant a lot to see that too because yeah. he, he, you know just somebody like that that you don't think you're ever going to see perform again and then do what you said to be the playful thing. I was like, I've never seen him do that like oh. that before. Amazing. Tom, you got to see it. You got to see I it, just, Tom. I just put it down in my notebook. It's funny oh, because you take notes and I was good, like, I good, wrote down good. both of those. It's so <laughs> worth it. It's so good. You got, yeah, you got to see it, man. Fucking amazing. That's another good thing about COVID. I have the time to catch up on stuff like that where I yes. usually be so busy, you yes. never get a chance to. Now I'm like, okay, write my book and I'll be able to see it by the end of the week. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's so that was, that's cool. Frances McDormand is amazing too. And I love that she doesn't care how bad shit she can be at award show. Like she goes full tilt. Yes. Doesn't care. Loses her, you know, says, I know. I love up. it. She uh, is really, she is real. She is the real deal. Have you ever she met her? She is. No, never, okay. never met her. Not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Yeah, there you go. No, not <laughs> yet. You'll be starring alongside her. Who knows, right? It's Wouldn't all about being out there in the universe and the energy comes back. Wouldn't that be wonderful? We're going we're gonna to click clip out you praising her and send it over to her and then it'll happen. <laughs> okay. Do a good editing job on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry. I got it. I can, I can edit like a champ. Um, okay. I, I make myself look completely different. It's like a Brad Pitt thing. It's nice. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I have a filter. Uh, yeah, that's awesome though. So that's, so that's cool. And then now, so you've, you're going back out on the road and stuff. Are you trepidatious well, I'm at going all? to do this one club. I'm not going okay, the back one out on the road necessarily, right, right. but I'm really looking forward to this. I'm driving like for five, you know, I'm driving up North. I'm going to listen to books on tape. I'm going oh, to... Nice. Um, talk to people on the phone. I'm going to be listening to some podcasts. It's going to be great. Nice. Mm. If you listen to my again, again, I promise it'll be the person who uh, <laughs> it's, it's going to be under the list. Like, how would I listen to how would I listen to Frank Conniff if I don't do it through on iTunes? Where it's on, it's on Spotify. That okay. should have been updated. Um, but okay. also, it's on YouTube too. And so there's the videos. Oh, okay. so you can just kind of yeah, they're all on I YouTube and Frank. they're all the right person. I love me Frank. too. He's, he's the best. I met him um, on Serious Radio doing John's show, John Fugel. Right, right. And, and I love John as well. Yeah. I've known, I've known Frank for a long time. Actually, I've known John a long time too. John was in a show that I was a writer for years oh, ago. And that's how it? I met him. It was Caroline in the City. Oh my God. Hold on a second. I was looking through your stuff. I did not know you. I love Caroline in the City. That was such a great show. How long did you write for Caroline in the City? I only wrote for part of a season because I really did not want to write anymore. I wanted to act more than okay. write. But I did have a recurring role on that show. I was the elevator lady. Oh, my and they, God. That's great. And they actually gave me one episode. Um, they, they had the elevator lady. They had The story was focused on her. That's so, right. That's Holy, cool. I did not. I watched that show so long. Well, but I yeah. had dark, long, dark hair. I looked so completely different. I'm like blown away that that was, I, yeah, that is crazy to me. I loved that show. Because, I mean, what other show? I wanted to, the only two things I ever wanted to be when I was a kid were a comedian and a cartoonist. You know what I mean? So right off, right, right out of the bat, I was like, I don't want to make too much money. You know, so like, <laughs> like, but that was what I wanted to do. And uh, there was no other TV shows about a cartoonist. And then right, that was her. True. 
Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. You're right. You're right. Oh, as a cartoonist, I bet you've. I'm sure you've seen Crom that documentary, oh. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What a great documentary. Yeah. Absolutely. Is there anything you've been binging over this whole thing that you love? Um, I mean, yeah, I loved. I try. I can't. I'm trying to remember like when it all started. I Fleabag was wonderful. Mm -hmm. that. Um. That was incredible. Um, Queen's Gambit was wonderful. So good. Yep. Um, right now, we're watching something called Line of Duty on oh. Amazon. It's a, it's a cop show. Really good. Okay. Can I, if I, I can give you a, yeah. if I can give you a recommendation. Yes, uh, yes. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. I love Ted Lasso. Oh, I loved God. it. It How good so is that? Great. He was so wonderful. And and they right? all were. They all were terrific. Yeah. It was a great ensemble. Yeah, that I mean, I I kind of like I love like so the TV that I watch now is mostly just either dramas, you know what I mean, or some kind of action mm -hmm. thing or whatever. I'm a big Marvel fan and stuff like that right. too, the movies or whatever. Um, but uh, I haven't watched anything like that in fucking years. That was incredible. It was great. I made think you feel good. Yes, it, it was definitely a feel-good show. You did the aristocrats joke. Yes. With, and I felt it was so funny that you said not to have to wear blue and not to use F as language. I'm like, oh, now I'm going to go watch your aristocrats segment. Oh, but it was so fun. Oh, Carrie Snow is another is a person that I used to hang out with once I moved to Los Angeles. But that was okay. that was later. But Carrie Snow, Sue Kalinske, and I did it together, did the aristocrat, mm -hmm. aristocrats joke together in the film. And... Oh my God, we were laughing so hard. And I remember you guys, I remember that scene too. My friends and I all went to see that together and we yes. were in high school and we lost our fucking mind. We were just dying. Of course. It was, it was so crazy. You guys were talking about Bob Saget, right? Yes, I think so. Yes, we were. We were. <laughs> We're, I I love that scene. It's so I almost forgot that I wanted to bring that up too. But yeah, yes. you guys were talking about Bob Saget and that he gave one of you um what was it? <laughs> uh, um was that, it the no, that he said no that he said very good. He said that um that he, you should put um oh, it's been so long since I've used Tampax that I can't remember what they're called. Um <laughs> um junior junior tampons around the house so guys think you're tight. <laughs> we were i swear to god it was the we were fucking dying but that whole scene with you and your friends sitting outside was just the best it that was documentary so was great. awesome it was really fun it was yeah. really fun well yeah. we can see by the by the lighting on me that it might be time yes. to go ladies and i was just gonna say it's, i kept you i kept you that thing 10 minutes over um well seriously thank you for doing this by the way this is oh been, it was and, fun and, Good. I'm glad. Yes. It was really it's been a, fun. A pleasure for me, and and, Great. and I'm gonna speak for Tom too. Tom loved it. Well, we'll see you again soon. Same yeah, we'll here. Soon. Take, care. Take care. Bye guys. Right. See you soon. Bye. Dystopia tonight.